This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everybody, it is Thursday, January 6th. And this is the Round Ball Stew. I'm Steve Alexander, also known as Dr. A. With me, as always, is Raphael Johnson, known to me as Roth. And we are going to talk some NBA hoops today. A lot of big, a lot of stuff happened on a busy Wednesday night. We had a Luca Curry showdown, had some interesting results. Dirk Nowitzki's number was retired. There was a fake fight in Portland. Lots of stuff to cover. Roth, how are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. A little tired after last night's, I wouldn't call it a circus, but there was just a, a whole lot going on in the NBA last night. So, Circus works. All right. <laughs> Roth, we saw the Georgia Bulldogs dismantle the Michigan Wolverines. We've got a big game on Monday. It's the Georgia-Alabama National Championship game. You and I were talking beforehand. I know, I know even though we here at Sports Edge love the Predictor app, and I called you the my human predictor. Um, and then you went on to say you don't like making predictions. But you and I talked before the game, and we both have a, a feeling that Kirby Smart and Georgia might get this thing done. Yeah, I don't want to necessarily say that he's due because I don't think situations like that really work out too well. But if he's going to knock off his former mentor at any point, I think this is the team to do it. Um, the town across the board is there, so – I think it's going to be a very entertaining game, better than either semifinal, as it usually tends to be the case. But, yeah, I kind of think Georgia's going to get it done this time. I hope so. It'll be a a banner year here in Georgia if the Braves (laughs) and the Bulldogs both get it done in the same year. All right, Ralph, let's talk some hoops. Um, I didn't notice, you know, you you kind of put together the the set list, the playlist Mm. for this deal. I didn't notice Lance Stevenson's name at the top of your list. And it was funny because Wednesday night was really hype about the return of Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. and making his debut. He did it in Indianapolis against the Pacers. And in the same game, Lance Stevenson, who just signed a 10 day on Saturday, goes ballistic in the first quarter, hits a ton of threes, scores 20 points. No pacer in history had ever scored 20 points in the first quarter before. <laughs> he ends up with 30-something, uh, his career high as a Indiana Pacers, as a pacer. And he, he hasn't played with the Pacers in four years. He's been out of the league. I mean, what a crazy story that was. And it, it reminded me of when he was blowing in LeBron's ear like mm-hmm. seven years ago. He's like, oh, this is your night, Kyrie? Yeah. We'll see about that. Hold my beer. Yeah, born born ready certainly stole the show for a bit last night, um, and it, the door's wide open for him. You look at that rotation: Malcolm Brogdon's out, Karis LeVert's out, Chris Duarte's out. So obviously, we've seen Kiefer Sykes and Dwayne Washington Jr. start the last couple games, but even then, you're, you're still going to need more, and that's where Lance came into play. And 
I, I don't think anyone had any idea that he would go off like that last night, but it was fun to watch. Yeah. Well, my buddy, uh, Keelan, who lives in Indianapolis, he's a high school principal. We have been playing fantasy basketball against each other for basically for 30 years. Hmm. He started Lance Stevenson against me last night. Wow. And, you know, we're sitting here. He's in Indianapolis. I'm here. We're texting. I'm like, are you watching what Lance is doing? <laughs> He's like, I'm buying season tickets tomorrow. I've got him in my FanDuel lineup tonight against you. I was like, are you serious right now? Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. All right. So let's talk about what, well, first of all, with Lance, I mean, would you pick him up, Roth? I don't see why not. You know, unless, unless it comes out that those three guards that I know noted earlier, are going to be coming back pretty soon. Why not? I think Kiefer Sykes is a guy that I would pick up as well. He's been a little bit more consistent and efficient than Dwayne Washington Jr. has. But even if Lance continues to come off the bench, I see no issue with picking him up, at least as a short-term guy for your roster. They probably have one game left this week, I'm guessing, Mm -hmm. because we're near the end and it was a three-game week. I'd have to check that. They have three games next week, so the schedule's not great, but... I mean, if you're in a 14-team league and you want to roll the dice on Lance, you know, if you've got Nas Reed and you want to drop him for Lance Stevenson, I'm, I'm cool mm-hmm. with that. So, okay, let's talk about the, the real news from that game. or What should have been the real news was the return of Kyrie Irving. We finally got to see Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant all out there at the same time, which we've only seen like a handful of times in history because they didn't play that many games together last year either. Uh, Kyrie had 30, 32 minutes, 22 points, nine of 17 shooting, three boards, four assists, three steals, and a block. I thought he looked pretty good. Wasn't all that surprised by how he looked, but to me, I feel like people are like, oh man, this guy didn't play for two weeks or two months. Mm-hmm. He's got to be so rusty, but there's a lot of times when I've walked out on the basketball court without playing for a year and get hot from downtown and start bombing threes. Like, I'd be so excited to, to be playing in an NBA game, and their talent level is on such a level, uh, such a mm. different level than an average human being. It shouldn't be that hard, in my opinion, for guys to come back and, and pick up where they left off. But sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. Kyrie looked good last night. Yeah, I agree with that. I think. More than anything, the rust factor may have been, how's he going to fit in with his teammates? Because even though they may be having those conversations and whatnot, you know, text messages, and social media, what have you, there's still a difference between doing it over the phone and then having to go out on the court and communicating together in action. You know, there's a difference there. So I think that's what was kind of a pleasant surprise for me in terms of Kyrie's return. You knew that he was going to be productive in terms of the shooting, the scoring. The four stocks, so to speak, is, is really good production for him. That's something that you don't expect. And to get that was was huge from a fantasy standpoint. But, yeah, I think that's going to be the biggest question moving forward is that chemistry within the group. When they're on the court, how are they going to be able to figure it out? Like, I don't have any issue with, with Kyrie, KD, or, or James they're superstars. They're going to be able to figure it out. It's those other guys where you have to question, how's it going to impact them fantasy-wise, and what can you do? Because obviously Kyrie's still going to be a part-time player at this point. Yeah, and like a, a guy like Patty Mills, who mm-hmm. is in a, kind of in a funk right now, but had some pretty nice value there for a while. Yeah. I think when these guys are all together, you kind of have to think about kicking him to the curb, right? I don't know. I think – 
I think you have to hold him just because of the schedule and, and you know what Kyrie, how often he's going to be available unless there's a change of heart or a change in the New York City vaccine rules. So um, I think they've got one four-game stretch on the road coming up uh, mid-January where he'll play all four of those games. Then after that, I think their next longest stretch will be a three-game road trip. So you're looking at a situation where he may not be as available as fancy managers want him to be. And that kind of puts you in a bit of a, a tough spot if you have, say, a Patty Mills on your roster. You know what's kind of kind of interesting and cool about the Kyrie situation is so many guys are basically part-time players at this yeah. point. And, mm-hmm. and so many guys get days off. But you don't know when those days off are coming. At least with mm-hmm. Kyrie, you can look yeah. at the schedule and be like, he's going to play in all these games. He's not going to play in any of these. Mm-hmm. And if we knew that, about guys like Anthony Davis and LeBron James and, and Jimmy Butler ahead of time, that would be that would be helpful. All right, let's move on to Houston. Big incident in Houston um, over the weekend when Kevin Porter Jr. left the arena after getting into it with assistant coach John Lucas. Christian Wood, as I read it, refused to go back in the game mm-hmm. at some point. Played eight minutes. And, you know, there were people calling for these guys' heads, you know, cut, yeah. cut them. They will, should never play for the Rockets again, yada, yada, yada. When we had our, our podcast, our five-by-five five where a bunch of us are on, I said, give these guys one game and get them back in there. And mm-hmm. I don't know why I said that or how I knew that's what was going to happen, but that's what happened. They both got one-game suspensions. They both uh, came back and played last night. Porter did not shoot the ball well. But he hit a couple three-pointers, including the game-winning three with 0.4 seconds left on the clock. His actual overall stat line was fine. The mm-hmm. only problem was the, the shooting, as usual. And then Christian Wood uh, played with tons of activity and really looked like passion. 22 points, 11 boards, three blocks. No, he actually had three steals, no blocks last night. But steals, yeah. yeah, he looked really good, man. And they're back. Are you mm-hmm. where are you at with KPJ? Like, do you want him on your roster? Yeah, I think he is who he is at this point. Like, you know that the percentages aren't going to be there for you. You know, that's why if you have him on your roster, you kind of have to make up for that with other players. And so you know what you're going to get there. You just kind of hope that the assists come along as he continues to get used to running the point for that team. Um, so I would have him, you know, for sure. But, you know, like I said, the percentages are something that you're just going to have to stomach at this point. Maybe that comes along later in his career, but this season, I don't see him making too much of a jump in that area. Yeah, and of course, Wood should be rostered everywhere. Yeah. I'm I'm good with Kevin Porter Jr., but I'm always like, I'm always good with Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah. Like guys, guys who have who are kind of fun and hurt you in places like turnovers and poor shooting but have so much upside. Like those are kind of my guys mm-hmm. and Kevin Porter Jr. For whatever reason is, is on that list. I'm looking for a tweet I got uh, last night. I think it was Tony. Yeah. Tony G tweeted at me and he was like, KPJ drives me nuts. And that's exactly <laughs> what he mm-hmm. does. I mean, that's what he'll, he does that. He'll always do that. And that's just sort of who he is. Yeah. Um, real quick, while we're in Houston, Jalen Green, 22.6 oh, yeah. mm-hmm. boards, a couple threes. Uh, 
He's starting to look like a stud. This rookie of the year race could get really interesting by the time it's over. Yeah, it, obviously the betting lines, as we've seen, have Evan Mobley as a clear favorite right now. But I don't think it, it's just there's a two-man race between him and Scotty Barnes by any stretch. You know, you got Franz Wagner in Orlando. Jalen Green has looked a lot better down in Houston. And obviously he's going to have opportunities to put up even bigger numbers as they kind of play things out and let those younger guys take on even more of the workload. So it's good to see him kind of turn things around here. And I think he's only going to get better as the season progresses. Yeah, if you guys want to see the odds on favorites for rookie of the year, go to points bet and uh, check that out. Roth, DeJounte Murray, <laughs> what a stud. We're talking about guys yeah. coming back from from protocols and, and time off and whatnot. Well, he came back from a long layoff, missed a triple-double, his seventh of the season by one rebound. He had 22-9, 12 assists. I mean, I, I've never seen Pop let a guy just go at it like he's letting DeJounte Murray dominate. Most of the time, you know, a guy like DeJounte Murray would play for Pop, and I'd say, imagine what he could do in Atlanta or Dallas mm-hmm. or somewhere He's just been awesome. He's already set the the Spurs record for triple doubles in a season with six. Does his return do anything to damage uh, Derek White, who was playing really well with Murray out, mm-hmm. and also Devin Vassell, who's been hot for three games? You know, not so much for White, because I think he's going to give you a little bit across the board in terms of production. You know, he can get you some defensive numbers. Vassell has been good. I think he's the one who, who I – think would be impacted a bit more. But the thing with him is that they're still without Doug McDermott. So he's still going to get starters minutes, which helps him out in the short term. What I would hope, and I'm sure a lot of other fancy managers would hope, is that even when McDermott comes back, they kind of roll with Bazell because I think he's shown a lot of good, good progress thus far in his second season. And he can give you a little bit more across the board than McDermott can. So I would hope that they stick with him, but but who knows what Pop's going to be thinking when that time comes. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. It's like every night I see that Devin Vassell started, Devin Vassell scored 17 points, Devin Mm -hmm. Vassell played well, and I'm like, oh, finally, Pop's going to turn Devin Vassell loose. And then I remember at the last second that Doug McDermott (laughs) has not played in three games. And Mm -hmm. why the Spurs are rolling with, McBuckets over Devin Vassell is confusing to me, but I'm with you. I mean, Vassell takes a hit with once McDermott comes back, he's going to take a hit anyway. Derek White is sort of coexisting with DeJounte Murray. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's fine going forward. He's yeah. not going to be as as um, enticing to use mm-hmm. in fantasy as he was when Murray was out. So uh, Jason Tatum made a return to action on Wednesday night, and it did not go very well. Yeah. Six of 20 field goals. That is rough. Um, I mean, uh, the the word I see with him is rust. You know, uh, mm-hmm. 19 points, eight boards, three assists. He had a couple blocks. Ruff, would you rather have Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum on your fantasy team right now? I think right now I would go Brown. Um, but I, I would note that Tatum said after the game he was a little concerned at how, if he would feel any effects uh, coming back from COVID. You remember what happened last season where he had essentially what was long COVID, um, you know, coming back. We had some struggles breathing for a bit when he returned. So that's understandable uh, in terms of the, that mental hurdle, having to clear that and whatnot. But in terms of right now, 
I would go Jalen Brown because he's been he's been pretty hot of late in terms of three of his last four scoring at least 30 points, getting a lot of shots. That may go down a little bit with Tatum back in the fold, but I don't think it's going to decrease to the point where that last this four game stretch looks like a mirage for him. Yeah, Tatum is obviously for the future. To me, he's he's yeah. the better player. Mm-hmm. Who you might want to be rostering right this second? Not that it matters because you're not going to be able to go get either guy yeah. mm-hmm. without making a big trade. Brown is the hotter player right now. So uh, Boston. Goes four games, four games, three games, then four games over the next month. So three out of the next four weeks, they play four times. And, Ralph, while we're at it, it's we're at the end of week 12 in the NBA season, which means we are past the halfway point because there's only only 25 weeks, and that last mm-hmm. week is short. So what, when Monday comes around, like your fantasy leagues are starting to wind down, especially yeah. if you start your playoffs – um, you know, in like week 16, we're it's uh, rapidly approaching playoff time, which is weird. It's it's always amazing to me. Like there's so much buildup to when the season gets here and then it gets here and then it just seems like it flies yeah. by. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the 18 weeks in the NFL, same thing. They, they just fly by. So uh, if you're going to make a big trade or make a splash in your league, it's time to do it now. Yeah. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Subscribe to NBC Sports Edge Plus and get every tool for every game. Fantasy, DFS, and betting premium tools are all included in one subscription at one low price. You can subscribe monthly or save 20% on an annual subscription. We've made it easier than ever with more tools than ever to play and wager with confidence with NBC Sports Edge Plus. Also, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's free NBA pick and roll contest for a chance to win 50 grand. Wednesday, we're highlighting matchups between the Sixers and Magic, Spurs and Celtics, and Nets and Pacers. So if you don't have the Predictor app yet, download it now. All right, Roth, let's talk about Luca and Steph Curry. We had a big meeting of the Golden State Warriors and the Mavericks in Dallas. Retirement ceremony for Dirk Nowitzki's number 41. It was a cool night, especially for a guy like me that that has a lot of shares of Luca. He had 26, mm-hmm. 7, and 8. 
two threes. He did have six turnovers. I don't care. He hit some free throws for once. I think he had 10 out of 12. Seven of 18 field goals. So the Mavericks got the win. They kind of blew out uh, Golden State. The weird thing that's happening right now is Steph Curry was five of 24 from the field. I think he's like eight of 41 over his last two games. I'm not sure anyone, including Steph Curry, has ever seen him struggle shooting the ball as much as he has the last two games. Yeah. One, he's not healthy. He's dealing with a quad issue. It's probably going to keep him out for Thursday's game against the Pelicans. Um, second game of back-to-back. There's really no no use in putting him out there, again, if he's not 100%. So that's one issue. And, you know, it's that time of the year. I wouldn't say the guys are wearing down, but it's kind of like where you're in a bit of a lull, where the, the All-Star break is still a month away. You've gone a month, a couple months into the season. This is t- kind of that point where veterans and young players alike may kind of, I don't know – kind of grind down a bit you know so maybe that's got something to do with it as well so you're not going to be too concerned it's unfortunate if you have curry that he's kind of torpedoing your, your percentage if you're in a category league but it is what it is you know we'll be back in in red hot in no time well and let's talk about those injuries because uh curry dinged up his his right knee which mm-hmm. they're calling a quad contusion uh, he was trying to run it off during the game. He was talking about it during the game. But you could tell it was kind of bothering him. Yeah. He said after the game last night, the way he felt right then, he didn't feel like he was probably going to be able to go on Thursday night, which is tonight. So if you were looking for Curry to break out of his slump tonight against the Pelicans, that is probably not going to happen. I'm assuming he's going to be ruled out for that game. And then Luca turned his right ankle – um, after dealing with a left ankle sprain all all season, basically, mm-hmm. because he came into into camp a little little chunky. He, he's had ankle problems his, whole, his yeah. whole career, it seems like, in the NBA. And I, I hesitate uh, to use it, but we used to call Steph Curry Doritos, Doritos mm-hmm. ankles, and I hope I, I don't have to start calling Luca Doritos ankles. But Luca said after the, the game that his, his ankle, which is made out of Doritos, um felt okay and he was sure he was going to be fine so i don't i'm hoping uh luca doesn't miss any more time because uh that that 10 game stretch that he sat out just crushed those of us who who have some luca so mm-hmm. anything else from that dallas game we need to talk about chris Stapps porzingis was out again uh clay thompson is going to come back and make his debut on what sunday is that the day rough I believe so. Yeah, I think it's supposed to. He's supposed to play on Sunday, I think. And then uh, Maxi Kleber was just terrible from the field, mm-hmm. uh, but did have a decent line. Yeah, I don't think there's too much to discuss there. There's a question of who takes a bigger hit between Kleber and Dwight Powell once Kristaps is back, but neither one of them is all too appealing as a fantasy option to begin with. So, yeah, we can probably just move on. Uh, Matt Straup has been screaming from the rafters about how great Gary Payton is and not, not really, but Gary Payton has put together a solid run. I think he's scored in double figures in like 10 straight games. Some, something mm-hmm. like that, that I wrote last night, uh, had his first double, double of the season on Wednesday night with 11 points, 11 boards, a three pointer, a couple steals. He's been playing well. Is, is he going away when, when Clay Thompson comes back or is he, is he going to be okay? And also, same thing with Jordan Poole, who's played really mm-hmm. well. Uh, what happens to those guys when Clay comes back? 
No, I think they're both going to be okay. And I look at their situation similar to like the net supporting cast with Kyrie, uh, because I, I'm not sure that Clay is going to be playing night in, night out when he returns. Um, it would be kind of foolish for the Warriors to expect that of him, given how much time he's missed. So I would hold on to both GP2 and Jordan Poole. In the case of Gary Payton second, you're going to get defensive stats. You know, I think the double-double between scoring and rebounds is kind of a bonus. You'll definitely take it, but it's not something that you're relying on. If you're in a league where you need those steals and those blocks, I think you have to hold on to them for the time being. Okay, good call. Let's talk about the Miami-Portland game. Uh, that was kind of wild. We had three ejections, including my guy, Kyle Lowry. We had a fake fight, as I like to call it. Like, one of those NBA fights, and Yusuf mm-hmm. Nurkic set a really hard screen. Tyler Harrow took the brunt of it, did not like what he felt uh, ripped through his body, got up in a mini joker Nikola Jokic move on Markeith Morris shoved uh, Nurkic from behind in the back, but it was more like a, it's more like how my, how my young son pushes his older sister. Like it was, it mm-hmm. really was not a, a, a shot, but yeah. you Yusuf turned around and he was angry. Who was the dude? Norm Powell jumped in, in between them. I think was it Norm Powell? It's, it's either him or PJ Tucker. Those guys are yeah. both. I think it was Norman Powell kind of saw what was happening. It may not have been Norman, though. I don't know. I think sure. it may have been PJ. Ah, I can't I think, think it was, was PJ. Okay. Somebody sort of got in the way. Oh, no, it was Caleb Martin. That's who it was. Caleb Martin got in the way of Tucker a little bit and then or got, got in the way of Nurkic. Nurkic kind of pushed, pushed Caleb out of the way and then, like, put his palm of his hand in the face of Tyler Harrow. And Harrow's reaction was like, like he just got punched. And it probably did hurt, but Nurkic is is becoming an interesting character to me because the reason Trey Young did not play on Wednesday night was because of a super hard foul from Yusuf Nurkic mm-hmm. in Monday's game, and and Trey took the full brunt of Nurkic uh, lay, kind of laying him out, yeah. and Harrow kind of suffered the same fate. So that was a crazy fun night. What did you make of all of it? First off, most guys aren't going to fight anymore. The money is just way too high. It's not like the old days where they'd give you like a $10,000 fine and that would be the end of it. So no one's trying to lose that kind of money. Um, in terms of the game, I think the biggest takeaways would be Max Struess and Anthony Simons. We'll talk, I, I should, I'm sure we'll go a bit more in depth on Simons in a bit, but in terms of Struess, they seven three-pointers last night. He's been really good, really effective for them in the last couple of weeks when he's been available. Jimmy Butler being out has kind of opened a door for him, as well as Duncan Robinson, who came back last night. So, Struce, I'm kind of wondering, between him and Omer Yurt seven, are these two guys that we may have to hold on to even after the heater hole from a rotation standpoint because of how well they've been playing? I mean, maybe. And the thing about that is, you know, Bam Adebayo is is – not I don't as far as I know he's not like super close to being back mm-hmm. and then Jimmy Butler has been hurt every single week of the season so I'm surprised Struce hasn't made more noise before this point but yeah, yeah I mean if if Jimmy Butler's out I think you I think Struce is an automatic play mm-hmm. um along with Tyler Arrow and if as long as Bam Adebayo is out your seven is the man I mean what a Steal in real life and fantasy, he's turned out to be this this season. He's, he's, he's been the, awesome. 
He's the first player in franchise history to grab 12 rebounds or more in seven straight games. That's crazy. You think about Alonzo Mourning. I know Shaq wasn't in his prime when he went to it to Miami, but you would think that either one of those guys would accomplish that. But it's Omer here at seven, an undrafted rookie out of Georgetown who gets it done. Yeah, and uh, I was going to make a joke about Udonis Haslam, who's been there yeah. since 1974. <laughs> you would think that, you know, sometime in the last 50 years, he, he could have got something done uh, mm. like that. But, yeah, it's pretty wild, man. And then going back to Portland, this Damian Lillard thing is really starting to become concerning. Mm-hmm. The guy on television, the the play-by-play announcer for the for that game last night, said that Dame's abdominal strain has been bothering him for four years. Yeah, that's a really really long time, and it's really peaked its its head this year. And I wonder, he must have really aggravated it at some point, you know, in the last twelve months. Mm-hmm. And they shut him down for the next two games, a total of three games. Then they're going to reevaluate. Portland's like barely clinging to trying to play their way into the playoffs. Yeah. CJ McCollum has a collapsed lung and is not going to be back anytime soon. First of all, is Dame going to get shut down before this season is over? I'm leaning yes. And secondly, do all these scenarios make Anthony Simons like the potential waiver wire pickup of the year? I would say yes on both on both counts. Um, Portland's fourteen and twenty three, and I, we talked about this at the end of yesterday's podcast. I think they're in the worst possible spot that a franchise can be in, where you have the talent on paper to potentially be a factor, but it's not coming up. It's not producing in the numbers and the wins and the losses, and you maybe get caught in like almost a basketball purgatory where you still want to keep going with this current cast when you should really kind of, you know, break it all up. And I don't know if we'll get to that point with Portland, but I think they really need to strongly consider sitting those guys out for however long. You know, this this season, they're not going to compete with the Warriors, the Suns, or the Jazz. So look, just get those guys healthy. Try to fix things up around the edges, around Dame and CJ for next season, and go at it again because it's it's not going to change this year. Yeah, it's, it's scary stuff. And – Dame seemed like such an automatic lock just yeah. to be good to go all year long. Mm-hmm. It, it just this this is very concerning to me. I, I don't have Damian anywhere, which is also weird. But mm-hmm. uh, Ralph, uh Larry Nance hurt his knee last night, right? Do you have any any update on how he's doing? Um, haven't heard anything just yet this morning. Um, like how how bad was it last night? I I did not get to see that. I just heard it. It, di- it didn't sound too bad. It didn't sound like something that could potentially put him out for an extended period. Obviously, if Robert Covington is available, it didn't seem like there was too much movement on his roster percentage when he has moved to the bench. He's obviously going to be a play. Uh, maybe Nasir Little gets even more playing time than he has been recently. Um, so I think those are the two names to watch. But it's it's really slim pickings with that rotation right now. Well, and Robert Covington, man, how the mighty have fallen. He's become yeah. such an such an afterthought, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's weird, man. Rocco, good old Rocco. All right, we are entering the last week of the NFL regular season, and the NBC Sports Predictor app, powered by PointsBet, has you covered with Sunday Night Seven 
We're giving you a shot to win a million dollars on Sunday night. It's free and easy to play. So predict what will happen between the Chargers and the Raiders for a chance to win. Download the day from your app store or visit NBCSports.com slash predictor. Roth, do you have any other of the many, many topics you prepared for this podcast <laughs> that you want to talk about uh, before we take a couple viewer questions? Um, not really. I think Rudy Gay had a good night with Rudy Gobert out. Um, they've been playing him as kind of a small ball five at times, which enhances his value. I got him for 3900 on FanDuel last night. So Rudy Gay is probably someone to keep an eye out for because the Jazz really don't have any alternatives at the center spot right now. They started Udoka as a weekday last night, and Nikola Jokic did what we would expect Nikola Jokic to do in such a matchup. Uh, but, yeah, you know, playing Rudy Gay at the five can give them a kind of a mismatch factor, and he's been effective too. So I guess that would be my talking point right now. I like that. Rudy Gay, actually, I kind of laughed at the prospect of, of adding Rudy Gay when he when he first started making some noise. But then mm -hmm. he sort of has is still doing it. And I've seen quotes from him. He feels like his old self again. Yeah, I feel like he's still trending up a little bit. So Rudy Gay is a guy that that should be on your radar. Kelly Oubre, who I really thought about. I, I wanted to drop him after his previous game. I think he played, mm -hmm. what, like 12 minutes and really didn't do anything. And I was like, what is going on? But, you know, I, common sense took over. I didn't I didn't let uh, let my anger yeah. do anything stupid because I know Kelly Oubre is like their sixth man and he's a good, mm -hmm. good player for Charlotte. But he went crazy last night, 32 points. Six boards, nine three pointers. I think he hit six in one quarter. He hit or no, eight, eight, in eight, eight in the fourth quarter. Like, <laughs> what is going on? He was awesome. Yes, he was. That reminded me of the Chris Farley interview with Paul McCartney, like where he just raved about him, and then at the very end said, "Yeah, that was awesome." And, and that's <laughs> sort of what I did to you, and you go, "Yeah." <laughs> um, there was one other guy. I, I feel like he's very flukish, and I'm not running to pick him up but he had a great game it was contavious caldwell pope kcp yeah. had 26 points five triples he's only rostered in 31 percent of yahoo leagues to me that's about where he's supposed to be keep in mind spencer dinwiddie was out uh, of that game which also helped roll netto have a mm -hmm. have a decent night but i i don't i'm not i'm not really messing with kcp in fantasy leagues are you no, because I don't think he's going to get that type of shot volume on most nights when Dinwiddie's available. So, you know, if you get him and you can stream him for a couple more games, that's fine. But in terms of long term, I'm not really eager to have him on my rosters. And then, Ralph, while we're while we're talking about the Washington Wizards, I I am going to take a second. I'd, I'd forgotten that I wanted to do this to kind of bury Denny Abdija. Because we keep talking about this kid, and every week it's like, oh yeah, his his stats are good. Is he, he doesn't score a lot, but look out, you know he's he's gonna he's coming on and he's gonna get it done before the end of the season happens. He was two out of twelve from the field last night. Hmm. The game before that, he hit one of seven shots, so he scored fifteen points. No blocks, no steals last night. He did have four steals on Monday. So mm -hmm. at least there's that. 
and he had eight assists on Monday. He had eight boards on Wednesday. Like I get it. I, I get why people are excited about him and why we all seem to think he's going to come on and get it done at some point. But is this, is it possible we get to the end of the season and we're still feeling the same way? Like when is Denny Adija going to get it going? I, I guess to a certain extent, but you know, the, the, the rotation's a whole lot different this season than it was last year. You know, now you've got Kyle Kuzma taking shots, Caldwell Pope taking shots, Montrez Harrell, who's out right now, he's getting shots. So Abdi is kind of like offensive. He's kind of a get-in-where-you-fit-in type of player. Uh, I think if you can get values rebounding, some assists, some steals and blocks, that's where it's going to come right now. Uh, I don't think you're going to be expecting too much from him offensively. So we'll see what happens in year three, but I wouldn't expect – I would expect what he's shown offensively to kind of be what he is for the remainder of this season. All right, let's answer a couple of questions real quick and then try to get out of here at the 40-minute mark. Um, G. Choa, who is always here, thank you for doing that. He says Diallo, Amadou Diallo versus Anthony Simons rest of season, 14-team points league. That Those are both pretty good choices. Yeah. Diallo, Diallo cooled off with Cade Cunningham back. I'm all about Anthony Simons here. Yeah. All about it. I agree completely. Joiner Jaws traded Damian Lillard for Anthony Edwards, and it looks like Derrick Rose feeling pretty good about it. I mean, at this point, if I can trade Lillard and get Anthony Edwards back, I'm I'm in. I'm doing it. Yeah, uh, that's good work on your part, Joiner. On, on your part, I should say. <laughs> I don't want to be like Ron Burgundy and just pick one of these and have it be full of junk. Here's one from Mac Donut. Uh, should I pitch? Jordan Poole for Anthony Simons in a nine-cat 12-team league. You can, but I don't know if the other person would accept it, you know, because as we as we mentioned earlier, Jordan Poole, he may take a hit minutes-wise, not to the point where you don't roster him, but with, with Clay being back, they're going to have to find those minutes and shots somewhere. So, meanwhile, Simons is probably going to – I don't think he'll have much trouble getting into the mid-30s and minutes on a nightly basis at this point, so – if you can yeah, get I mean, someone to accept that, go ahead. But I, I have a hard time believing that they would. Yeah, I kind of feel like the the time to grab Simons was about a week ago. Yeah. And if you didn't do it then, he's probably not available in your league. And then if you're going to try to trade for him, you're trying to trade for him where he's coming off just two monster back-to-back games. Yep. His value is going to be, I, you know, it's going to be tough to trade for him right now. So a week ago, I think pool for Simons might have happened. Now, I don't know, but does that mean you, you try it? You don't try it? No, you don't give up. You you offer yeah. Jordan Poole for Simons and see what happens. But <laughs> I just, we just think it's going to be tough for that to uh, to go down. This is easy for me. Nidu, 12-14. Norm Powell or Jordan Poole? Rest of season, Ralph. Um, I'm going Norman Powell. I am going Norman Powell in a landslide. And this is – I was offered Damian Lillard for SGA – in a 10-team, nine-cat league. PJing, as we talked about, man, there, I don't think Rafa and I are touching. I don't I don't want to mess with Damian Lillard right yeah. now, man. I'm scared he's going to get shut down. Yeah. They're, they're trending in the wrong direction. So, yeah, I would not accept that trade by any, by any measure, no. All right, Ralph, last one. 
because it's uh, talking about guys we never talk about. So, mm-hmm. well, actually, we t- you have some love. Kevin, Kevin love. love, yeah, yeah. You talked a little Kevin Love, and Rashawn mm-hmm. Holmes is 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 always uh, an entertaining topic to talk about because he's so low key and kind of yeah. flies under the radar, but he puts up good good stat good stat lines. So, would you offer Kevin Love for Rashawn Holmes? That's actually a tough question. I don't know if I would, just because. Rashawn Holmes is coming up that eye injury. Um, I don't know if he's he's fully comfortable yet. Um, meanwhile, Kevin Love, while he's coming off the bench, we've seen him be incredibly effective in that role. I would probably hold on to Kevin Love personally. I know Holmes brings a lot to the table, but what we've seen this season in the eye injury factor, I think I would probably stand pat for now personally. And then we're going to end it on this one uh, just because so Freeman – uh, picked up on what I was laying down earlier. I don't know if you were here or heard it, but we talked about Luca's ankles actually being made out of Doritos. Roth, do you think they're a Cool Ranch uh, flavor, or do you think they're the original nacho cheese-flavored Doritos? I go with Cool Ranch. A little bit more of a new school type flavor, you know. But uh, Obviously, those aren't new school, but you know what I mean. That is good stuff. Uh, okay, on that note, we are out of here. We will be, I'll be back on Friday with Jonas and Straup to do some waiver wired and Roth and I'll be back next Thursday. Oh, Roth. I also, I'm going to give a quick shout out to Danny green. Um, no. Zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks, zero anything. He missed two shots and he had a personal foul in 24 minutes. Roth, if, a tree falls in the woods and no one is there to hear it. Did it really fall? That's how Danny Green's stat line was last night. Shout out to Danny Green. I wish he wouldn't have taken a shot just so he could have a 24 trillion. But hey, he had to get a couple up, I guess. Yeah, Tony Snell has nothing on Danny Green. All right, man. Roth, have <laughs> a good day. Have a good weekend, everybody. Thanks, guys. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 